Wonis. Whoa, 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 Wonis. We actually have a song, so we don't need the additional. We don't need it, but this isn't about need. Nothing about A Court of Thorns and Roses is really about need. I think the toilet in the second novel told us that. Fan theories. (laughs) Also something we don't need, but constantly participate in and enjoy. It's true. It's true. I am excited to have entrapped Isabeau Mm. with (laughs) having to listen to all of the Akatar or A Court of Thorn and Roses fan theories that I observe and ponder throughout my daily life. Um, a couple of disclaimers. Isabel has only read A Court of Thorn and Roses. She hasn't read Throne of Glass series. I have not. She hasn't read the Crescent City series. I have not. And so if I were to share the like cinematic universe web of fan theories with Isabel, she'd be completely lost. So these are all... <laughs> Akatar specific fan theories, but I might I might drop in a couple little little nuggets, Easter eggs, as it were. Mm-hmm. I might lay a couple Easter eggs. I don't know. There might be a couple mentions, and I'm gonna try to not get into. Um, the goal is not to devolve this into a two and a half hour long explanation. So because this is an episode on fan theories, it's probably most interesting to people who are familiar with the series or have at least listened to our episodes about the series. Um, But I don't know. I'm just going to spout out some fan theories that I found on the internet, and I'm going to do my best to attribute them to the people who I learned them from. And we're just going to get Isabeau's like raw, uncut reactions. Good. Well, I'll be like the husband on that TikTok that you sent me when he was clearly reading the second book of Akatar for the first time. I loved that TikTok, by the way. I felt deeply seen and also very attracted to that person's brain. So I'm going to start with a very soft one. And actually, this one is kind of unprovable. Cool. uh, But a theory that I hold personally, and I want to see how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. Farah is actually not good at art. Honestly, that kind of tracks. Every time we talk about her art, I picture like the goofiest stuff on Etsy. Yeah, and like everyone's like so supportive, but like not specific <laughs> with their praise. They're like, oh, you've yeah. always been painting. Look at you paint for people. That seems nice for you. <laughs> that looks exactly like that mountain. <laughs> those, those are stars. Those are real. What a beautiful shade of star you've picked yeah Yeah, they're they like they are showering her they are potentially drowning her in faint praise all right i've got i'm gonna start with burning hot okay this one comes from brielle pepper on tiktok gwen is tamlin's daughter why oh because her mother was like a naiad brielle pepper pointed out accurately that Gwen is one of the only people who provides any kind of conception story, so you know her conception has to be important in some way. That's a good point. And her mother is the result of an autumn court noble. Could be Eris, could be Baron, could be Lucian. She's got that red hair. Lucian's got a lot of brothers. She does have that sparkling red hair, which is like Baron's line. And her grandmother was a river nymph from the spring court. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and her twin are the result of the rite, which if you remember from the first book. Happens at the spring court. Yeah, happens at the spring court. And Tamlin 
is usually the one who is performing the right. Now, everybody kind of gets down eventually. Yeah, everybody has sex. But Tamlin magically has sex at the end of the rite. Yeah. And it happened 28 years ago when Tamlin would have been High Lord. Gwen and Tamlin are both musical people. Mm -hmm. They are both musical. Tamlin was still doing the right, even with when they were all wearing their masks. Remember? It happened in A Court of Thorn and Roses. I thought that was, he was doing that special for Feyre's, like a, but they just, no. they were doing it the whole time. They were still doing it, yeah. Hmm. This one has legs. This one has legs. And here's my question. What if Tamlin dies? Oh, and then a, a daughter could inherit? But is the first person who's, first female who's been a high lady. First... Not necessarily last. Maybe she broke the seal on high ladies. Maybe, but like other high lords have daughters, right? Do they? Do they? Do they? I don't actually know. It's never been mentioned. I'll tell you who's... I feel like Tamlin is the high lord at highest risk of dying from, I don't know, forest rummaging, eating a bad rotten squirrel or something also being murdered or dying heroically that also like as a redemptive Mm -hmm. arc thing that seems like in tamlin's future yeah speaking of tamlin's redemptive arc Mm. tamlin and elaine Mm -hmm. are end game that would be hard because she is supposedly made a dilution and while the mating bond isn't like i guess you can deny it we also then have Azriel, who Elaine seems to have the hots for. Certainly, per the bonus chapter. Mm. But why make that a bonus chapter? That's a good question. I don't agree with I, this. I, I think this is a this is a false trail. This is a red herring. You don't think so? But what about what about the flowers on her drawer? She likes flowers. She plants a lot. I know, but the but the drawers are supposed to. I think that's going to be about Asriel. What's Asriel got to do with flowers? I think it's like his shadow stuff. There's going to be something about like his shadows and her light are going to be a thing. Like I, I like comparable opposites, right? There there's like a there's like a Persephone and um, Hades thing happen in there. There's a Persephone. There's a, <laughs> a Persephone. A Persades thing happening with Tamlin, too. Absolutely. We talked about that in our first episode. And spring has an awful lot to do with Persephone's journey to the underworld, does it not? It absolutely does. And he is lord of the spring court. He's lord of spring, and he is acting a bit Hades-like. He is. He certainly is. But he isn't the shadow singer. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Because, because. What about Gwen? Second part of that uh, bonus mm. chapter People think Gwen might be a light singer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I knew like Azrael needs to have his like composite opposite, right? Like, yeah, yeah, more so than like anybody else. And I don't know like what a fucking light singer is, no. but people say it with a great deal of weight and knowledge behind it. Also, she's a literal singer. Mm-hmm. Does that mean we're going to find out that Azrael is also a secret singer and he's just been too shy to shoot? He says that in the bonus chapter. He says I haven't, I, sing, I don't. not in front of people. <laughs> I just sing to my, to my little self. I just sing to my shadows. When I'm just torturing people. 
when I'm done weeding people out into night court. <laughs> the human city when I torture them to death. I just, I just whistle a little tune. That does make him seem like Endgame with Gwen. Obviously, because all of these fan theories have to end in monogamous pairings. None of this can be like <laughs> Elaine, Gwen, and Azriel like have some yeah. sweet threesome. Yeah. Okay. And I have, I have this general sense of the cauldron as like a toddler, mm, mm-hmm. like a super powerful, but like pretty primitive form of human life. And it loves Elaine. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like and maybe the Nesta. cauldron was like, I love Elaine. This is a nice guy in the room. So it like immediately forged that mating bond, but not in a conscientious or careful way. Because Lucian is a nice guy, it turns out. He is. He was the nicest guy in that room, I think. Because he didn't torture people? First of all. (laughs) And he wasn't taken. He was the nicest, non-taken member in the room. (laughs) The nicest single man. He was also the other High Lord who wasn't already in a romantic entanglement. Exactly. He was single. With Feyre. Yeah. And we also know that not only is he a High Lord of the Autumn Court, but he's the secret son of that other guy, Helion. Who doesn't have any other... She's the only heir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Gwen's going to take over Spring Court. No, Gwen can't take over. Sp- oh, because of this other fan. Th- okay, okay. Hang yes. on, hang mm-hmm. on. In my, in my heart, in my heart, Gwen takes over Spring Court. Uh-huh. Tamlin does die, but in a heroic and beautiful way. Abs. And that allows for um, Lucian and Elaine or Asriel and Elaine to be together. Because I think there'll be, I think there's going to be a villain arc with Elaine and Tamlin together, but then it's going to resolve. It's going to, it's going to bath bomb. What about Gwen and Asriel? Because they've got the composite, the like comparable composite, light singer, shadow singer. I'm glad you said something because I think Gwen and Asriel are going to have this tension thing where Asriel's all hung up on Elaine and Um. Gwen's like, what about me, your friend? And then, okay, so I think Elaine and Lucian are going to end up together post-Elaine and Tamlin. And then Gwen's going to become High Lord, and then Lucian's going to become High Lord, and then it'll be like Friends Season 82. And they're all drinking out of the milkshake. All the High Lords are drinking out of the milkshake together. Ross and who's Rachel in that analogy? Because, like, that's the end game. I don't I'm, I'm missing that piece now. Right. I, and I mean, I guess it would just be Farah and, and no. Sand. Well, ugh. but I mean, in the Elaine, Azriel, Lucian, Gwen quadrangle, who like, it's going to be Elaine and Lucian. Okay. After she shacks up with Azriel and breaks his heart, and then Gwen's no, no, gonna... she's going to shack. No, she's going to shack up with. T- okay, Elaine shacks up with Tamlin. Okay. Asriel is hung up on that. He's sad. So it'll be like a Morrigan thing all over again. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Don't use it. It's in his oh. character to to linger. Yeah. Unrequited. He likes it. He likes mm-hmm. the unavailables. It's true. It's true. It, it affirms that he's unlovable to himself. Yeah. So he always sets his little cap at somebody he can't have. Mm, I wasn't for this before, but now, now that we've talked it out, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed Let's see here. There's a darker, I'm trying to find it, a super dark Elaine theory that I actually found via a a virtual musical based on 
Greek mythology that everyone's doing to get, it's a collaborative project on TikTok. And someone was like, I think it's an interpretation of what happened to Elaine. It's very dark, trigger warning. Is this okay. the musical about the Iliad? Yes. I just listened to that on Spotify. It's very good. Okay, so this they were doing the Get in the Water song. Yeah, okay. it's very good. It's super good. Everyone should listen to it. So someone was lip syncing the Get in the Water song that Circe okay. does, uh-huh. I think. Uh-huh. And um, but they were performing it as if they were Elaine. Okay, and this is very dark. This is a trigger warning. So La- Elaine is most favored by the cauldron, and she gave something to the cauldron when she was thrown in, and she was engaged to Grayson. In the mortal world, what if she was pregnant when she went into the cauldron? And that's why she's the most beloved by the cauldron. This makes a lot of sense because it feels like Nesta has alluded to the fact that Elaine and Grayson were not celibate before marriage. I feel like that is a thing I haven't made up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And also why then she would just like be totally comatose for a few months afterwards, like a Mm -hmm. sort of like... I gave the cauldron my fetus in an abortion to save myself would be my guess is how that's going to be explained. Because, boy, that also feels very true. And, right, the the cauldron's like, Lucian's your mate. Mm-hmm. Resand points out that mating bonds are more like a breeding program mm-hmm. and a way for the magic to rebalance. So Resand just happened to become the most powerful High Lord because of the way things were circulating, the way mating bonds were happening at that time, right? That's why Tamlin isn't the most powerful High Lord. Mm-hmm. But it feels like the cauldron was like, I'm going to make you the future mother of the ultimate High Lord thinks so much here's lucian Mm. son of helios who's Mm -hmm. gonna like help you out with it yeah i mean cauldron abortion doesn't seem that dark to me (laughs) there's way it wasn't voluntary it wasn't like she was like cool i'm excited this is happening i wonder though because we know we haven't gotten her experience the cauldron and nesta's is so terrible but i wonder like obviously it wasn't good right there's no version of her being put into the cauldron without her consent yeah. that's and good you're, you're saying abortion it's more like a miscarriage sure but i wonder if she didn't have a conversation with the cauldron about it because i agree the cauldron mm-hmm. really likes her and so i wonder then and it like it seeks her out in a different way than it seeks nesta like it's predatory with Nesta. it's like revengeful versus with like it's almost collecting Elaine. So I wonder if there wasn't a conversation about, like, the cauldron had. Do you th- so you think maybe the cauldron shared bigger plans with Elaine? Not like that. I think it was more like tit for tat, right? Like, this is how it's going to work. So you think Elaine gave up her unborn child in exchange for something, which would be an interesting facet for Elaine, do you think it was so that Elaine could become an owl shifter? That would be interesting. Princess of Decay on Tumblr theorizes that Elaine is an owl shifter. Based on how <laughs> Elaine is described reacting to things. Isabeau, your thoughts? Why isn't she shifting into some kind of plant? She loves plants. I don't understand owl here. Like, what are her reactions? What is this person's... What are the receipts? What's the evidence here? Elaine... 
has big eyes. Sure. All of them do. Elaine tilts her head to the side. She does do that And Elaine blinks a lot. I feel like all of them blink a lot. Do owls blink a lot? And the cute ones, like the pygmy ones that you have all the TikTok videos of, they're just like feathers and eyes and they go bloop, bloop. I don't think they, I don't think they blink a lot. Not as often as like the high court seems to blink in Volaris because like, isn't <laughs> yeah, that like Yeah, I think like she a, blinks more than an owl. I don't think she blinks any more than like Amarin though, right? Because like Amarin's always blinking her like disdain. People be blinking in this book. I don't buy that one. I don't think she's an owl shifter. If she shifts into anything, it's some sort of plant. I think... <laughs> I'm trying Wrong. to think how that would be, like, useful. I don't know. <laughs> I... I don't know. I don't know. Um, Makes more sense with her characters. Speaking of deals with the devil, Princess Decay on Tumblr, perhaps you'll like this theory a little bit better. Another theory is uh comes to elaine's story is koshe the evil wizard who might be who is the bone carver's brother i've seen a lot of people discuss a big betrayal coming in the next akatar book and i'm guessing it's coming in the way of papa archeron going back to a court of wings and ruin Papa Archeron had to make a bargain with Koshe in order to release Vasa from the lake long enough for them to win the war. But things like that have to come at a hefty price. Mm-hmm. And so I think the price comes in the form of one of his daughter's hands in marriage. That would have been Nesta, though, because he would have assumed either that Pharaoh was with Rhysand or Tamlin Mm-hmm. And that Elaine was, was with, with Grayson. Grayson, yeah. So it would have been Nesta. Would have been Nesta. What if it's, here's here's my little addendum, asterisk, what if it's a firstborn child? That also makes a lot of sense. What if Nyx, who wasn't even supposed to, also remember when Feyre, when the bone carver showed himself as her future son, he didn't have wings. Didn't have wings. So I think a lot of tragedies churning around Nyx that might be related to the Elaine theory. Oh, like he promised a firstborn. And so like Koshi's going to call in the chips on Nesta. And then Elaine's like, psych, I'm going to give you Nyx. That would be a terrible betrayal. What do we do with the fact that like Nesta just fixed everybody's pelvises? She didn't fix Elaine's. How do you know? Did she say that? I thought, I thought she said she fixed everybody. Farah's and she fixed her own. Are you sure she didn't just fix everybody? Why would she have fixed Elaine's? She didn't know uh, Asriel was... She's been watching Asriel fox around that hen house. I mean, to be honest, big pelvis is generally useful. Seems like it would help with the center of gravity and training and stuff. But she very, a lot of these fan theories that I did not feel like sharing because they revolve around who Elaine's going to end up with. And I think that's a more interesting thing to ponder than show evidence for. But one thing that they show evidence for is that Nesta didn't uh, change Elaine's anatomy or if she did it secretly. And if she did it secretly, why is it secret to the reader? <laughs> That's a good point. Motherhood. Yeah, I think since so much of Court of Silver Flames functioned around not telling Feyre her medical diagnosis, which was terrifying, and also felt like a character breach between Rhysand and Feyre, and like not at all within their confines of their relationship characters. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I also agree that like the stakes have now been upped the ante with the arrival of an infant, right? So like mm-hmm. that child's 100% going to get stolen or something else. Yeah. And I feel like you were talking about stakes like Nest is way too powerful. Koshi is way too powerful. What are they going to do with that? You yeah, know, 100% totally agree. Baby napping. Baby napping. Absolutely. And it functions as both an immediate trauma and like a lingering one, which Miss Moss seems to really like. Speaking of motherhood, who's Mother Archeron? Any guesses? Do you have any fan theories about who their mom is, their mysterious mother? Did she not die? Is that a fan theory that she... <laughs> That she's not dead? I haven't heard that one. A Court of Thorns and Rosie on TikTok. Cute. Love it. <laughs> uh, suggests that Mother Archeron is a fae of some sort, which a lot of people have guessed, right? The Bone Carver said, mentioned a fae warrior whose bloodline continues on in some human family. Wink, wink. Early in the book. Um, but A Court of Thorns and Rosie theorizes that her mother made some sort of bargain that she broke, and that's why she died so young. And then you got to think about the three daughters. Nesta was used as a social weapon. Elaine was used as, like, chattel Mm -hmm. for bartering in her mother's eye. And Feyre, indifference otherwise, but just to protect her in general. So, like, what what was the deal that Mother Archeron, if she made a bargain, what would it have been? To be rich. To make her daughter... The first high lady. I don't think so. I think the deal was for herself based on everything that we know about Mother Archeron so far. 100% love this fan theory. She made a deal, but it was for herself. She wanted to be rich or to marry a rich man. I think it was her husband's wealth. That was the deal. That's what I she think got she out of I think she fell in love with like a normal human guy. And yeah. she was like, I want... Because I think the book says something about like... They got wealthy. He be- The only person she loved or cared about was Papa Archeron. Yeah, and he became the king of merchants. Maybe when she was young, she's like, I want to marry a king. And then his ship went missing mm-hmm. and they lost everything all at once. Absolutely, because she broke her bargain. Whatever it was that she was supposed to pay up. What was her bargain? Maybe one of her daughters. And she was like, I'm not going to give you my daughter. And he was like, all right, I'm going to kill mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I think that's probably what happened. And I think I think it was for sure Feyre. Yeah. I think it was for sure Feyre because Rhysand starts having dreams about Feyre as his mate. You're right. Super mm-hmm. early on. Super early on. What if she made a deal with mm-hmm. who? Who? What if Rhysand? What if she made the deal with Rhysand? And the only reason they're mates is because of this deal. And Rhysand's like a super bad guy. No. What if that's, that's like it? Some... What if that's no. it? No. No, that'd be like some like Jacob didn't recognize Bella. He recognized the egg cooking inside of her fallopian tube. No, I I can't believe that about the mayor of Santa Fe. I don't I can't. I'm not there. I'm not there. She definitely made a deal with someone, maybe Baron of the Autumn Court. He seems mean and terrible. Potentially even like what's her face from underneath the mountain? Amarantha. Yeah. That bitch was making deals. Isabel, I'm so glad you brought her up. Good, thank you. I've been thinking about her and fan casting her. Because I believe the name Crokin Blackbeak on Tumblr mm. has a theory that Amarantha and Tamlin were mates. That also makes sense. She had carried a very heavy torch for him. Yeah. 
And remember, mates are equals. They're not necessarily lovers. It's a breeding right. program, essentially, right. coordinated by... And he by... was fighting it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, this is a perfect fan theory. He w- he didn't... He was planning on rejecting it. Yeah. Just trying to reject it. Yeah. And that's what he'd been doing for 49 years. And she finally concocted this, like, thing to get him into her bed so, so that, that they could the consummate their would... mate bond. Yeah. No. 100%. Crokenbeak? Or Crochanbeak. Crochanbeak. Crocambo, Crokin Blackbeak, whatever. Spot on. Spot on. Certified banger of a fan theory. All right, let's talk about a missing court. You know, out there, mm-hmm, we are getting into larger cinematic universe territory. But I think what time of day is missing? We've got dawn court, day court. We've got Night court. We're missing the sunset court. Yeah, the dusk court. The dusk court. Ooh, what a good name. Isabel, when was the last time you took a good hard look at a map? At a ding dong. Not since <laughs> the first book, if I'm being perfectly honest, well, I think. Maybe the second? No, definitely the third, because I paid a ten- ton of attention to the map during the martial epic. Where it's not it's not on the map, but do you notice anything? Do you notice anything? possibly politically significant about the night court that it's at the top of the island and it's the biggest it's the biggest one mm-hmm. it's like scotland it's got the illyrian mountains mm-hmm. and it's got valaris kind of as like a little peninsula mm-hmm. and it's got a little island mm-hmm. theory is the night court absorbed the dusk court and this is from creative lbd on TikTok. And that's why the Night Court in general is so po- po- um, powerful. But I think Valaris is actually the old Dusk Court. Mm, that would make more sense. Like, why does the Night Court have two capitals? It makes more sense to me that a Dusk Court would be outside and pretty. Mm-hmm. And that a Night Court would be indoors and in a mountain. I don't know why. Because it's always night there. And night creatures live in mountainous types of places and caves bats owls so i i think that the dusk court uh is is plays an important part the idea of dusk in crescent city hmm that's interesting which sarah j moss has said her universe works more like string theory interdimension and remember meryl the priestess she's studying what she thinks are 11 dimensions mm-hmm so I think the former Dusk Court might be swallowed a portal. by a string. Mm. Yeah. And mm. like El- the mountains of Illyria, they've got that weird obelisk that none mm-hmm. of them know what happened, mm-hmm. how that got there. Morgan was taking one of her weird horse rides and sensed a presence. Something's going on. And I think it all comes, all the little strings of yarn come back to Dusk Court, question mark. It's also weird to think about the Night Court as essentially the California. Without the Night Court, there's like, there's no army. Without the Night Court, there's like no economy. Without the Night Court, there's like, the Night Court is basically. And so when uh, Rhysand was offered, when he was like given the sword that Nesta made, and they're like, you could rule all the fake kingdoms. And he's like, I don't want that. I was like, well, maybe we should rethink it. Like, this doesn't seem to be working very well. Anyway, not that I want him to be a dictator because he won't disclose medical information that's necessary to his mate. And I think that's a pretty egregious breach of trust. 
But again, I think that's bad writing for a plot device and not so much his character. I don't know, though. Yeah. Uh, Quickly, I want to credit Emily's theories on TikTok with being one of the best fan theory uh, accounts, social media accounts going in the SJM expanded universe game. And also credit her with the Tamlin and Elaine endgame villainy concept um, that originally inspired me. What do you think is Tamlin's redemptive sacrificial lamb arc? His Tony Stark, if you will. I mean, just kind of what I laid out. I think he's going to, uh, I think he might even get Elaine pregnant before he dies. And Lucian will raise the the child as his own. He does love Tamlin. Yeah, I think Tamlin's like, I love Elaine and I love Lucian so much. I'm standing in the way. So it's going to be like Pearl Harbor with Josh Hartnett and Kate Beckinsale. She's also cited the last unicorn a lot. Sarah J. Moss has or this fan theory has? Sarah J. Moss has. The Lady Amalthea? (laughs) Yes. I love the last unicorn. There's a lot of eight-pointed stars going on. Uh, Mm -hmm. Nesta gets an eight-pointed star tattoo Mm -hmm. on her back when she makes her deal with Cassian. Feyre has her hands. Yeah. In Crescent City, one of the main characters has an eight-pointed star. I think that's to say they are the same. And they will be able to travel between dimensions like the unicorns going to the sea. Spoiler alert for the last unicorn. I mean, they're taken there by the Red Bull, but... They're chased there. Yeah. And then kept there. The Red Bull, I think, could be the Tamlin. Also, that's a stacked cast for a voice cast. I think about that once a week. That it has Jeff Bridges and Christopher Lee and like a bunch of other famous people. Is it Alan Alda or Alan Arkin? Alan Arkin is the uh, guy who's trying to save her. <laughs> Schmendrake. Um, Schmendrake. And the music is done by the band America. And it is like, it fucking slaps. Like... It's such a it's such a good film. She, Sarah J. So Moss, true nerd, she likes the book. The book she is also very book. good. She likes the book. Scariest villain of all time, bird with breasts. The harpy. Yeah. She's so sad. Yeah. She's she's also not nice. No, she's not. But like, I love that whole monologue that the unicorn Ugh. has about her and Mama Fortuna has about the harpy. Oh, Ugh, very so good. Good. That is a very Ugh. contemplative film. Very it's heavy. And very I watched heavy. it uh, once a week when I was five years old. Literally same. While my mom vacuumed my bedroom. Because <laughs> I was scared of the vacuum. <laughs> but I could same. watch Mama Fortuna and the Harpy and the Red Bull and that skeleton that goes, that's good wine. <laughs> so good. And the weird pirate man cat. It is very good. I highly Um, recommend it. The book is also very good. I don't... Here's a hot take. This is not Peter S. Beagle's best work. What's Peter S. Beagle's best work? A fine and private place about a young man who lives in a cemetery because he doesn't like people, and he just communes with ghosts and crows. God, that sounds really nice, actually. (laughs) This is not a Peter S. Beagle (laughs) fan theory episode. I want to do rapid fire with you. Okay. Um, I found all of these on Reddit. What's your... Hang on. I need to know the rules of rapid fire. Is this just like you're, I get to agree or disagree as you just like fling them at me or as I'm just listening? I'm going to fling them at you and I need you to give me a one word response. Yes, no, blah, poop, 
sparkle, whatever sure. comes to mind. Okay. Emoji words. Got it. One word. Okay. One word. And I'm going to go rapid fire. I found these via Shadows in the Garden on Reddit. Great name of a Reddit. Reddit username. Is that the subreddit? Shadows in the Garden? The It's the Akatar subreddit. And it's what are your craziest SJM fan theories? All right, let's go. Lucian will be the one to free Vasa and all other women trapped in Koshe's crusty, dusty, creepy lake by using his spell-cleaving powers. The action coupled with his efforts in defeating Koshe, his connections to other courts and humans, and his power will lead him in being chosen as the High King of Prithian. Mm. You missed your chance, Tamlin. What do you think, Isabeau? Plausible. The stone pillar on top of Ramiel is actually some sort of gate between dimensions, which is something we see in Crescent City, and Analius, who is the legendary warrior who protected Ramiel for three days and three nights, was actually a woman. So the 300 story isn't about a king warrior. It's about a queen warrior. Potentially a Valkyrie, or she could be a Lenalyrian. Like, I, like, I feel like we're missing something there, but meh. Maybe this will change your mind. Emery will lead some sort of rebellion or revolution within Illyria to liberate the females from the oppression they face. She will be likened to a modern-day Analius. Mm. That kind of explains why it would go there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't see it. No. Rhysand's last name is Moonbeam. Mm. Sure. Asriel's mother has some sort of clairvoyant or divination magic. Absolutely. And that... He, he goes to see her when he randomly winnowed away from Elaine after having um, after Elaine was having some weird visions. He's going to talk to his mom. His mom is one of his shadows. Mm. His mom is one of his shadows. Interesting. Love. Love. <gasps> Whoa. Good one. The Archeron sisters have witch bloodlines through their mother. And each sister... Okay, this is... This is semi-throne of glass. Okay, I was like, because we don't have witches in Prithian. But but here we go. What if that's true? What if her mom isn't even a Thay? What if she's from one of the other magical races that are in the Crescent City series? And I won't explain how or why they got there, why there's so many different races, but... Sure, you don't need to. You know, they can get places. How about that? That isn't interesting. Interesting. That's, That's one to ponder. Elaine is going to get a cloak of the void fabric mentioned in Frost and Starlight, completely redeeming the novella, <laughs> and it'll allow her to totally disappear. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm for anything that redeems that novella in any way, shape, or form. We kind of talked about this one already. Gwen is a light singer. We see a ton of hints at this in the book itself in Asriel's bonus chapter. She glows when she sings. Mm-hmm. And she seems to cause Nesta to have a vision when Nesta goes to watch the priestesses sing. Was that her? Or was that the cave? Was that the cave? The mus- with like some swamp gas. Mm-hmm. Some cave swamp gas. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, she's she's like this. Doesn't even feel like a theory. Like she is a light singer. It's like, what do you call a theory that's like it's like gravity, right? Yeah. This this one will be more relevant to people who have read other books, but it's like hell is hell. Like <laughs> between two of the book series, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Correct. So the idea is that the the pit in the bottom of the library isn't like hell, it is hell. Mm. 
And hell is a whole thing. Okay. Here's one. There are different kinds of mates. Just normal mates. Probably like you and I. And then true mates or soulmates. I think true mate bond is stronger than a normal mate bond. I also think it's possible a mating bond is given by the cauldron. But the true mate bond by the mother. Mm. As in the mother, the capital T, capital M. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Which mm -hmm. is another deity that they... Worship, like but is less original. tangible than the gold cauldron and less impactful. Right. She's like the Gaia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what if you had, if, you, if you're getting bonds from two separate places, mm -hmm. maybe you can have both with one person or with two separate people. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to cast dispersions, but this makes me really feel like Shadows in the Garden on Reddit might be uh, trying to make an Elaine Asriel bond happen love story happen. And listen, he touched the back of her neck in the bonus chapter. If that's not enough for you. She re she really gave him a really good gift and he loved it. And he's she's also the only one that's made him laugh so far. Again, this one feels like water is wet. Like, of course, there are two different kinds of bonds. We've already seen them. Like, like Rhysand's parents have a very different kind of bond than... Not to Sally, you're hairy, but maybe mm -hmm. they are just friends. Yeah, that's exactly what that seems like. And it also seems like Nesta and Cassian's, like, you can't fuck someone. It's so good that gold soul drops encase you. What if that's right? a like, way of creating the mating bond? What if there's a third way, which is just effing so good? <laughs> so good. But, like, they were, it was clear, like, Cassian knew that they were mates before that. So, like... Effing so good seems like it would be one, but like maybe doesn't have the lasting power of like the true bond, you know, like it just happens on accident. Obviously, there are hierarchies <laughs> of bonds here. Water is wet. Next. All right. Here's another one. This is me. This is a question I have. I would like to end on this question. What's the deal with Tamlin not participating in Kalanmai that one time and having Lucian do it instead? He wanted to fuck Feyre. What's going to come from that? Oh, what's going to come from that? I don't know. We don't know yet. We haven't seen any repercussions. Maybe it was just a thing that happened. Just a bad thing that happened. Maybe Lucian took that same tonic that Reese was taking for a while. The birth control tonic that males take. Because Sarah J. Moss is so progressive in her ideology. So you know the male birth control where they get like a little injection in their vast deferens that can then be dissolved? It just got approved um, for its uh, pain relief. What is it? What's that called? Anesthesia. Oh, wow. Local anesthesia. They got it before it even came out on the market. They got local anesthesia on their little birth control. I guess we can thank Sarah J. Moss for that patriarchy yeah it was kind of bound to happen i'm surprised they don't knock them out completely for it honestly men are going to ask for that yeah and they'll get it yeah they will and they'll get it and i'm happy for them because mm -hmm. <laughs> like the because like the iud options actually have like way more side effects um so yeah, you know, I'm just thrilled. Let's just get them all plugged up. Mm -hmm. Plug it up 2025. <laughs> yeah. That's a good fan theory. <laughs> They'll all get it. I think maybe, like, 
it's like a thing. You know how like so many of them get circumcised? In America. Yeah. Maybe we just government issue like the polio vaccine when we did those. We just line them up in a gym. I'm just kidding. (laughs) From 18 to like whenever they want it reversed. Yeah. Yeah. Plug it up 2025. (laughs) 18. That's optimistic of you. That was. I immediately regretted it. (laughs) Yeah. What do you expect to happen in the next book? I do expect there to be a lot of drama slash trauma around Nick's. Can I, rather than a future casting, which I am perfectly happy to engage with others who do it. Like I have, I have literally no forward animus for these books. They like <laughs> exist for me in a kind of present that is That's so, beautiful. it is, it's so beautiful. Like I can't wait for the next book to come out, but like, I don't want to really engage with any future casting because, like, I love being bowled over and washed in this, like, stew. I just, it's so enjoyable to me. Um, So I'm like, whatever happens, happens. Like, I have, like, there's going to be drama with the kid. But other than that, whatever. I would like to do a retrospective, if you will, a sort of um, in memoriam to characters that I miss. (laughs) Okay, they might come back, though. But, like, I really miss the, the scary Striga the weaver in the woods. She died, yeah. Oh, I really hold on, let me, let me. <clears throat> in the arms <laughs> of the angel. I also missed the bone carver because of the way he would appear in different things. I thought he was really great. Um, and in, in her own way, because she was so terrible, but such a better bad than Brie Allen, I miss the clarity of Amarantha. Mm. Um, kind of hoping that Koshi brings that back, but like, don't have a lot of faith. I'd also like to see more of the, is it the day court? I want to call it the sea court, but it's not the sea court. It's the summer court. It's like, the summer court, thank you. Uh, Amarantha, or not Amarantha, Am- Amarin's boy toy. I want to see more of his space. It's very much like Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Um, you want to be so part of like, his world. Yeah, I do, frankly. Um, but like, I, I miss those wild ass fucking deep magic characters. That's why I was so excited when we went back to the prison and we met a death <gasps> god. I thought that, that was, was so great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see more of that and, like, less sexual violence. (laughs) Yeah, less sexual violence, more deep magic. More deep magic, yeah. I really, really miss the Striga. I do, too. She was great. Bone Carver was another absolute... Every time. I would... would Every time. I would desperately want to skip ahead if I knew a Bone Carver scene was coming up. Absolutely. And, like, to have ancillary characters like that that were also pretty powerful in their own right but then to like fucking kill them off like you know we didn't know what we had when we had it we didn't did we no Hmm. and i'm sad they're gone oh um well good news sarah j moss signed a contract um to release seven more books (laughs) on january 22nd so many books. And it's like just for the Akutar series or no, for all of hers? No, new series, baby. Brand oh my new. God. Brand new 
brand new series. Stories to tell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God bless her. Like, isn't this what we've been asking for in romance? Like, this eccentric, world building, (laughs) crazy person just just, like going at it? Yeah. Yeah. I think she wears the right number of athletic jerseys for me to feel like she's a true eccentric. How do you feel knowing that she wears a lot of jerseys? I'm. Are you not surprised? No. Are you not delighted? (laughs) I'm both surprised and delighted. (laughs) I'm neither surprised nor delighted. The thing that I am that I think about most, and I can be totally honest with you about this, and honest with the listeners, obviously, I am so disappointed that she felt like she couldn't face her family for writing a sick ass threesome scene between Cassian and Azrael, the softest sweet boys in the world, like. No, of course she wears fucking jerseys. Yeah, let's get it in the arms of the angels for that threesome scene, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. memoriam of, in our memoriam. Fallen, of our fallen Comrade. heroes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So no, it doesn't surprise me. It also doesn't surprise me that in her acknowledgments, she shouted out her dog <laughs> and her husband. You know, true romance. True romance authors always shout out their husbands. The true H-E-A of it all. Yeah. So, yeah, of course she wears a jersey. Mariah Carey wore a jersey in one of her concerts. What does that mean? She's such a real woman. What does that mean? (laughs) I'm just like. (laughs) Yeah, people wear jerseys, I guess. (laughs) To like humanize themselves? I mean, Mariah Carey invented a ring light in the 90s. Like, (laughs) also a true fact I learned on this podcast. (laughs) There's there's (laughs) Mariah Carey wears Evidentiarily, <laughs> Mariah Carey wears jerseys. Are you surprised and delighted? Mariah Carey doesn't wear jerseys to an extent that I'm like, wow, she's wearing another jersey. Like, so no, I'm not surprised and delighted. Also, Mariah Carey wears jerseys in context when she has to like throw a first pitch or some shit. Like, is Sarah J. Moss repping a particular region or sports team? Um, I I feel I'm trying to look it up. Um, she feels this may tell more about me than it does Sarah J. Moss, but she feels profoundly Pennsylvania to me. Oh yeah, I mean she is like some kind of well-to-do East Coaster. So, like, Steelers, Eagles. Yeah. Phillies. Yeah. She looks like somebody who likes Philly the fanatic, but who doesn't? Wow. Honestly, any red-blooded American. The, the real one to, the real, the real boy is Gritty. Mm. Mm-hmm. What if I made up in my head that she wears a lot of jerseys? That would be even funnier. I'm... <laughs> She wears the appropriate amount of blush for her incredibly Apple-esque cheeks. She's got her author photo is primo fantasy author because it's very Mm -hmm. evocative. uh, The red and the black Mm -hmm. and the long hair Mm -hmm. and the pale skin, Mm -hmm. the high contrast. Like she has this other author photo where she's like lounging on her hands. Much more romance author. I don't want to read her romantices. I want to no. read her romantices. Yeah, it looks like she could be dark. holding a dagger. Yeah. To your heart. Yeah. I mean, 
I cannot confirm nor deny that she actually wears a lot of jerseys at this time. My fan theory is that Sarah J. Moss wears a lot of sports jerseys, maybe even more than Mariah Carey. Who can say? And with the context of like, well, here's the thing. Here's like, this is why it neither surprises nor delights. It's because clearly during the pandemic, Sarah J. Moss developed a very particular relationship with a personal trainer <laughs> and learned the joys of exercising in a way that was beyond sexual to the point of like ecstasy. And I mean that in the religious sense, because never have I read scenes of exercise and been like, God, that burn sounds really satisfying. That's just like not a thing that happens to me. But I definitely wanted to get an exercise app after reading that book. I want to like strap on a pack and like hike. So yeah, of course she wears jerseys because she like works out. Her husband's name is Josh. That sounds like a guy who has jerseys, right? Yeah, Josh definitely has jerseys. She's 37. I know. You're making me feel bad now. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) But you're 27. (laughs) Which makes you 21. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We've been 21 and 27 for five years. I can't believe I keep getting carded. (laughs) Man, nothing prepares you for the moment when the bouncer goes, eh. When you start to get out your auntie and just waves you in. That's tough. As someone who is taller than everyone in my middle school, including the principals and all of the teachers, most often in my lifetime have I not been carded and have I been waved in by bouncers, including when I was 17. So old face, old soul over here. On Iowa State Daily... On March 26, Sarah J. Moss's husband, Josh Moss, accidentally leaked the upcoming adaptation of his wife's popular book series on his Instagram. Moss's husband had innocently taken a picture of his breakfast and accidentally included the top corner of Sarah's notes. How could that how could the top corner of notes have leaked anything valuable? Josh sounds like he wears a lot of sports jerseys. Yeah. Thank you for these amazing theories. I love them. You're welcome. I'm going to tell you something right now. Loosen your woes. But never your nusses. Woe guacamole, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Womance. Womance is hosted, produced, and edited by my friend Morgan. And by my friend Isabel. Our logo artwork is by another friend, Mary Reichman. You can find her on Instagram at m.reichman, spelled R-E-I-S-C-H-M-A-N-N. Original music by Nick Gravelin. And our webmistress is Jane Bonzak. They're the best. You're also the best. We so appreciate your support by listening. Please consider taking this to the next level by following, rating, and reviewing. We read every single review. Or even check us out on Patreon. If you'd like more woe in your life, you can connect with us on Instagram at womance and on Twitter where we are at mans underscore woe. Or you can find more episodes and content at womancepodcast.com. If you have an idea or just want to reach out, please email womancemail at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Womance is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts to add to your romance collection at frolic.media backslash podcasts. Until next time.